0: Hello everyone, and welcome to yet another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is I Need No Name, and today I am joined by Marcus. Hello, Marcus. How are you doing?
1: Hello, I'm fine, thank you. Sunny weather in Brussels, so can't complain.
0: Okay, that's good to hear. And I'm also doing fine because Bayern Munich we've actually won a game, which feels amazing after such a long time. Maybe not a long time by other team standards, but by Bayern Munich standards, it has been a very long drought and. It's been nice to actually get a game where we score more than one goal. That also feels good. So Bayern Munich beat Hertha Berlin 2-0. We are now back on top in the Bundesliga. There are lots of implications with the title race, which we will discuss later. But first, since this is Sunday right now, and we're not going to be doing a separate post-game podcast, why don't we do a proper review of the game, starting with, well, the lineup. Marcus, you took a look at the lineup. What did you necessarily... When you saw the lineup what were your first thoughts
1: well my first thoughts was oh miller's not playing so that will be a discussion point when i'm uh, having the part with you
0: <laughs> yeah well <laughs> we're going to discuss that we're definitely going to have to discuss it and you know that i have things to say but what about the other stuff what about yeah you know uh
1: yeah i was also surprised that man started on top um i think that was the main thing Nabri starting instead of maybe playing Musial on the wing instead of miller um I guess a bit surprised with Cancelo, even though I thought he was quite good today uh, as a left back, inverted left back. Um, Yeah, that was my main reactions
0: before the game. What about Sané? Were you surprised that Sané got benched today, or were you expecting it?
1: Yeah, I don't think he's been, like, particularly great under Tuchel so far, so I wouldn't say I was extremely surprised. Yeah, no, that's true as well. Um, Yeah. Yeah, but I... Yeah, exactly. When like no player has really excelled under Tuchel, like there's no real surprises for me. Uh, I think it's clear that he's still trying to figure out his best eleven. So, except for maybe Müller, um, that was the only one that of note. I was like, okay, that's that's a big a big bench. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. Okay. So. I'm gonna just do a quick recap of what happened in the game and we're gonna mostly skim over the first half because the first half in my opinion wasn't that eventful like we did have chances I won't say we didn't have chances but overall Bayern Munich generally had a lot of possession but did not get a lot of threat on goal. There were a few opportunities though I will point out a few first there was Gnabry he basically like Goretzka brought down I think it was Luka Bakio outside the Bayern Munich penalty box and then that gave hurtable in a free kick then after the free kick Gnabry was immediately released on a counter and he made a great pass to Kingsley Coman who was it looked like brought down inside the box but the referee waved play on now for me that's a bit controversial but okay fine given that Percy Dortmund had a similar sort of penalty denied last night I can't really complain too much but you know penalties in those games it just it, it kind of makes you question the officiating in the Bundesliga these days but anyway moving on as the game continued we had a few more chances most of them coming from crosses from the wing you had Gnabry getting two more chances both of them either blocked last stage by Hertha Berlin defenders or by the Hertha Berlin goalkeeper I can't exactly remember his name right now um, Christensen. Christensen Christensen yes yes he had A few really good saves today. And then right near the end of the first half, there was a scrumptious chance by Sadio Mane, which I cannot believe. He did not even get contact on the ball, and it just went wide. Like, that should have been a surefire goal, and we should have gone into the first half 1-0 up. And I think the fans at the Allianz Arena really felt it too, because today was very surprising to me, but while the fans were really loud and supportive during the game itself, as soon as the halftime whistle blew, There were just boos and whistles throughout the stadium. And I think that was directed at the team itself or maybe the bosses, but most probably the team because they weren't happy with what they were seeing with Percy Dortmund, where they are at the table right now, we should not have been going into that halftime, you know, still nil nil with the worst team in the league. Second half. Tuchel decided to make some changes. The main change he made was taking off Leon Goretzka, who was on a yellow card and also apparently was suffering from some knee issues earlier in the week. So he was taken off at halftime for, surprisingly, instead of Ryan Gravenberg, he brought on Leroy Sane, which, you know, Marcus, what do you think of that? Like that kind of halftime substitution? Because we haven't seen many halftime substitutions under
1: Tuchel. I thought... It was necessary. I think. I think Bayern was very lackluster the first half. It was a half where Sadio Mane has had less touches of the ball than Jan Sommer. Um, so it was clear that something wasn't working out. The creativity of the midfield. I think Bayern on well the first half and then until the first goal looked so incredibly slow in the build-up. Many side passes. Not much urgency. I, dare I say it? Not much energy or desire i thought it was a really poor first 60 minutes uh from bayern so to try something new yes sure it's a bit unconventional bringing in a winger but um i mean kimi was more more or less alone there on the midfield until gravenberg uh, came on um yeah. but i think i think it was fine though i think it, 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 yeah, something needed because, to happen
0: yeah at, at the 16th minute he did make better changes he brought on thomas muller and brian gravenberg and at that point i think bayern Munich started to look a lot better like just you know i don't know if it was her to getting tired or if the subs disbalanced them or whatever by munich looked like they were getting more incisive passes into the box and then eventually we got the breakthrough not maybe nine or eight or nine minutes after the sub it was serge canabry who had it in an excellent gimmick um direct yeah that long fantastic long ball into the box and he headed that in and honestly, based on what Berlin were doing, they, honestly, I think they were playing for a draw. So when that goal went in, I I don't think they were really going to come back from that. It wasn't like no, no. Mainz. Yeah, Mainz, Mainz managed to, like, claw back and beat us. I don't think Hurt Berlin were doing that. So that um, was, yeah. and yeah, it was like, yeah. And then, and then we just kept playing. We just kept, we didn't really show much for, like, given that condition of the game and condition of the table, we didn't show much urgency, honestly, today. Like, once it went 1-0 up, we seemed content with that 1-0. We still kept going forward. We still kept trying to score, but it was only that one next incisive pass back here, another excellent pass to Kingsley Coman, which did allow us to score our second. Otherwise, I wouldn't really say that we had too many amazing chances in the second half either. It was just two general moments of brilliance. And that's kind of a pattern under Thomas tupel that we probably should start talking about because otherwise game recap. There's nothing much else to say. We won. We Well, we were top of the table. uh,
1: Yeah, I think I just wanted to fill in, because you're right. I mean, Hertha Berlin defended with 11 men throughout the entire game. Even when it was 1-0, they had really no urgency of going forward. And that's because, I mean, they have 22 points. Uh, They will get relegated this year for a reason. They are Bundesliga's worst team, all all due respect. But, I mean, I think that's the truth. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Also... As you said, yeah, until the 60th minute, Bayern looked so poor. And I mean, I I think I tend to be positive and realistic, but for me it's it's something that's it almost looked like it was a energy desire or a limitation, energy limitation from the players. It looked so lackluster and so uncreative. Um and yeah, as you said, uh I need a no name, when they scored when Gnambi scored one 0 it was over. I mean Hertha had nothing besides yeah. defending with 11 men. But I think it was another, it was really not a, a positive game from Bayern. I, this is the easiest game of the season. And until the 60th minute, I thought, well, this might end in 0 0.
0: Exactly. Or even 1 0 to Hertha, because we've seen teams score out of nowhere against us this season yeah so it's like can you really justify that because you mentioned that they kind of looked like they were saving energy but this is a game our last game was on saturday right this was a sunday game the players had three days off this week yeah, we're, uh, yeah it's like it doesn't make any sense right
1: to, uh, no no i wouldn't say it's like an energy saving type of thing i just think they they are like maybe emotionally knackered i don't know yeah there's yeah, been so
0: much from
1: the season that's gone like so incredibly wrong, and I know we talked about it. We talked about it on this pod, and I won't mention it again. But I think also from the news that came from Build, which of course I will take with a bit of salt. But like them, uh, Build reporting that the players were angry at the board. Is there a correlation between their lackluster? I wouldn't say desireless, but something a bit less dramatic than desireless. It they looked a bit exhausted and emotionally exhausted out there before the 60th minute, and of course they're professionals, they always want to win, but it feels like something is kind of lacking there, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, and it's also like a lot of the players themselves seem to be out of form and really struggling because I, I bring up, for example, uh, Jamal Muziala. In his 60 minutes today, was he good? Bad. No, bad. no, he was really he, bad. was really, he was really. And that's kind of the thing that I want to talk about, like because Muziala or Mane or even Gnabry, he scored today, but like before this, was he having a very good game? I I wouldn't really say so. He had good moments, but overall, and this is one of the things that about this Bayern team, there are so many players that are just underperforming, I mean, and just stuck in a rut that they seem to just be mentally unable to take themselves out of. And that seems to be like a strong driver of our performances right now, rather than any kind of specific tactical or yeah, or positivity, um,
1: specific, or yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I, I Goretzka too, um, Naby, uh Musiala. I think, yeah, I think the the, the Bayern's best creativity outlet is Coman by far, and I think Kimmich was great today. Defense, I mean, they had nothing to do, but they were solid. But yeah, it's it's a lot of players who are Champions League winners or you know top elite football players who have had in a few months such a drop in form and you really you start to question where does this come from is it because of all the noise that's happening when it's not game day
0: well it could be but the thing is that it is like it's not the first time this season that we have seen these players you know not perform and it's not the first time we've seen these types of performances either like it's not like we were in plain sailing on the Nagelsmann either that's why he got sacked like in the end, the results were not there on Donaldson to justify him say, uh, saying maybe he got sacked at the wrong time. That's a perfectly valid observation. But like this season, these players, this team has not been consistent at all. And especially up front, we have scored the most goals in the league and we have the most goal difference, but it's not look convincing at all, especially when we don't play without a striker. So, um, like, it just tells me that maybe it's time that we just dip into the transfer market. A few of these guys have to go and we dip into the transfer market and really make a big, I don't know, renovation of our attack, you know?
1: Yeah, attack, I think we definitely, Bayern definitely needs a, a striker, for sure. With all due respect to Shubham Muting, he's not it's not Bayern inequality, even though I really like him. So Bayern does need a, a striker, for sure. I think every football team needs a striker. But yeah, I think... I think the players are, you know, like they are good enough, but it also does make sense if you win. Like so many of these have won six, seven Bundesligas in a row. Maybe the, um, you know, the that really urge, like that humanly urge is gone now. I'm, I'm not sure. But um, I think Bayern, first of all, needs to really fix what's going on behind, behind the scenes. I think I kind of disagree with you with the Nagasman, but I will leave that for another day. I think he was... He was fine for Bayern, but now I think the Mainz game, Hertha game, and now the Hoffenheim game has been for me the three worst games I've seen Bayern play this season.
0: Okay, Um I guess that's fair. That that is fair in my opinion. But like for me, I I just think that there is something structurally wrong with the team in the sense that like what does Sadio Mane even do? Like what does he offer to the team? I know he scored last week, right? But on just a minute by minute or like a sequence by sequence basis, what does he really offer? Same thing goes for Serge Gnabry. Gnabry, I'm glad he scored today because I feel like that will help us sell him in the summer. And he's one of those guys who can actually maybe get a little bit of money on the market if we try. But the thing is that I feel that because of these and they make so much money, are they really, you know, do they really justify those amounts of money that they make? And shouldn't we just, offload them.
1: Yeah, I think, well, I think we, you and me, Anidane, we should schedule a buy and transfer uh, podcast after the season where we can really dig into it. I do agree that like a restructuring is, you know, it's a good idea. I think I'll be very interested to hear your views as well on like where to restructure this. Do you restructure it on like Premier League superstars in the 30s like Mane or Kane or do you try to have a long-term approach a little bit? Maybe not as long as, you know, Matthew tell but do you do you try to like find more bargain moves maybe i would be interested to have like maybe a separate part on that or to hear your initial reactions well, now
0: well look <laughs> we can talk about the certain things right now because like for example matthew tell you just mentioned him why doesn't he ever get starts like shouldn't he at this stage because he's young but at his age mozilla was starting under hansi flick in a champions league round of 16 tie against lazio so what is wrong with Matissell getting any kind of minutes? I understand that the league is quite precarious, but it's not like the senior players, guys like Sadio Mane or Sachin Abri, are necessarily performing week in, week out. So what is the problem with giving someone like Tell maybe a few minutes to try and prove himself?
1: Yeah, I think, I and this is going to sound harsh, but I just don't think he's at Musiala's level when Mooseyala was the same age both Nagelsmann and Tuchel has kind of made that clear that he needs two, three years to, yeah, to fully develop. But He is a massive talent, of course, but I just think he's not really buying quality yet. And to be honest, from what I've seen from him, yeah, the talent is there, but, you know, there's something a little bit lacking for him to, to get like, especially like 90 minutes now when Bayern are in a title race,
0: you know. Well, I, I get that idea, but for me, the problem is that Nagelsmann and Tuchel, they both proven this season that their pre- player selection and their criteria for player selection is deeply flawed. Like, they've made some baffling lineup choices before, and I don't see why we need to defer to them on this specific topic. I want to point out, for example, Nusa Matsrawi. We were told that Matsrawi needs to perform in training for him to get minutes in the starting 11, but today he started, and he was excellent, in my opinion, Like as an offensive right-back on the right hand side. He was better than any right back we've seen today. Uh I mean any right back we've seen in this second half of the season, Cancelo and Stanisaj included. And honestly, it just doesn't make any sense that Tukol kept him on the bench all this time, all the way up to this game, which is just like a month away from the end of the season. Like I get that maybe he wasn't fully fit to play the ninety minutes, but you could have done mm. what he did today, which was sub on Stanisaj in the final thirty. It's not necessary that he plays yeah. the full ninety. But he should have yeah. at least got more minutes.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think Masrawi. I think he will get more minutes next season. He was also injured a lot for this season. But I yeah, I agree. Every time he's actually played for Bayern and he started, uh, I think he looks good. I just think now for him, like the most important thing is probably to be injury-free for a full season and getting the coach's belief for a full season. But I think if he's... Yeah, because he was good today. If he continues, you know, with these ki- kinds of... Uh, Performance to say, I'm not worried really about Matsraoui.
0: I'm kind of worried because, like, because of how Tuchel uses some of these players. Because, look, he doesn't seem to trust Muller, right? He doesn't seem to really trust Matsraoui either. Because today, Matsraoui, why did he play? Because Makano is injured, Davies is injured. That's why Pavard had to move to the middle, and Matsraoui and Cancelo were the only fullbacks necessarily left. He could have used Tanisage, but for whatever reason, Tuchel seems allergic to younger players as well. So, like, I'm just questioning the coach's overall judgment in terms of which players he puts in the team because I see guys like Mane and Gnabry get chance after chance after chance and then players who actually do well they don't get any chances so I'm kind of just disillusioned on that front you know.
1: Yeah I think for Tuchel I, I think it's still too early that's my boring you know counter I think it's too early to to judge his squad selection really I think he, he as I've mentioned before he joined in the most awkward time in Bayern's contemporary history as a coach so i think i will save my my prediction on how he will fare at bayern until you know september or october that's yeah, my which boring is
0: probably probably going to be when he gets sacked so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, I, I really don't think Tuchel is going to last if he make, keeps making these kinds of decisions and these kinds of lineups. Like today, it was her to Berlin. I, I thought we are going to win no matter what they did because they are the worst team in the league and they're deservedly getting relegated, as we've said multiple times in this podcast. And we really made a tough game out of that. And based on this, just based on this performance, do you think that Bayern Munich are back on track or do you think lots of work still left to do?
1: Uh, lots of work's left to do. I think I I almost see this season now as like a thing that like um it's a hump that Bayern needs to get over. Uh, luckily, and we'll talk about it more later, but luckily there's no real serious uh, title contender. But I just think this team under Tuchel needs like a restart. And that cannot happen now because we are in, you know, April, soon May. It's crunch time. So I think from today's game it was it was a bad game it was a really really bad game and of course that makes me a bit worried about the the title and yeah we'll discuss yeah. that more later
0: yeah so that's pretty much i guess our thoughts on the game so far we're going to take a short break and after that we're going to talk about the title race and what Borussia Dortmund just handed to Bayern Munich this week so just stay tuned and we will be right back so the thing i wanted to talk about in this part of the podcast is The fact that Borussia Dortmund, you mentioned it in the first half, which is that Bayern Munich are top of the table because we don't really have a competitor. That's kind of embarrassing to say because think about it. We are only, what, I think one point ahead of Borussia Dortmund in the table right now. And this is one of our worst seasons, at least the worst season that I can remember. And I personally started watching the team in 2012. So, yeah, I've only seen... Title winning season. So, this is the worst season I can personally remember. And despite that, we somehow, this close to the end of the season, we are still top of the table. And, like, what do you have to say about the state of the Bundesliga in general when the second best team that seems to be Borussia Dortmund right now, they cannot seem to mount a proper title challenge in 11 years?
1: Yeah, I think the Bundesliga is necessarily not in a really bad place now. But it's, it's obviously not been good this year. You can see that in Europe. You can see that in the league. Every game day is a feeling that everyone can beat everyone, which is great. But like competitiveness, it's it's not been great this year. And I see that for a few reasons. I think the main reason why it is like this is the, the continuous manager switches of the four or five best teams in Germany. Uh, Leipzig have switched coaches, you know, quite frequently Dortmund the same Bayern of course then you know as other, we know as we know, uh but then all the you know challenges like um Wolfsburg or Bruce Emerson Glabach, uh Frankfurt even so there's been a lot of changes there's not been a lot of um continuity the teams that perform really great like uh you know they exceed their expectations are teams with you know coaches that's been there for a while. I'm talking about Union Berlin and Urs yeah. Fischer and I'm talking about Freiburg and Christian Streich. But the other teams who are probably better on paper, you know, they probably have better footballers, they have more money, they don't have um yeah, they don't have a continuity that is needed to to really challenge Bayern. And I think that's the main reason why, you know, we, we see this.
0: That is fair. And I think that is also the fact that the teams like it's also you mentioned coaching continuity, but it's also a matter of squad continuity. Like, you know, whenever it feels like a Bundesliga team has a good season, maybe in the league or in Europe, the best player just immediately gets snatched up by a Premier League team for some some insane amount of money. Like, for example, we, we see Randall Kolambuani. He's doing really well this season. And immediately there are rumors about him moving for $100 million in the summer. Maybe not to buy a million, but maybe somewhere else. And that's just like that kind of turnover every single year i think it contributes not only to the coaching turnover but also the chaos in the teams that are slightly better like as you mentioned the teams that have slightly better squads in the league and more money they seem to be the ones more affected by this than teams like freiburg and union berlin because i don't feel like freiburg or berlin they necessarily have the players that are going to attract the attention of teams like you know liverpool manchester city etc cetera, etc cetera, and have their best players post and that allows them to maintain a certain degree of continuity which you don't see in the so-called bigger teams
1: yeah no i i agree with that to some extent i think that will always happen though you know the premier league is the league on steroids in terms of economic firepower. um so i think every time you have a kevin de bruyne or you have a Haaland or you have a Bellingham or you have a Nkunku in the Bundesliga. Unless they're going to Bayern, they won't they won't stay in the Bundesliga. And that's sad, but that's just the reality we live in.
0: Yeah, that's fair. And I guess there's nothing really to do about it because right now with with the fifty plus one rule in force and with RB Leipzig, the only team that is kinda of not really bound by the fifty plus one for reasons, they are completely You know, they're just completely falling apart. So with those situations in mind, it doesn't really feel like the Bundesliga is gonna, you know, upstage the Premier League or even necessarily La Liga. But I have to ask you, like, why does this necessarily happen? You know, why does this affect the Bundesliga so much more strongly than say for example, Serie A or even Liga or La Liga? Because 10 seasons, 10 straight seasons of buying League dominance. Like, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen in top European leagues. Even in the Scottish League, the Scottish Premier League, which pretty much Celtic dominated for years and years and years, even they did not manage to win 10 straight league titles. So why did the Bundesliga fall into this specific trap?
1: Yeah, but I think I see your point, but I can't counter with that Celtic did win nine in a row. Uh, Juventus won Just, like nine in a row.
0: Nine is um, not ten
1: yeah yeah but it's close enough it's
0: close <laughs> enough yeah
1: and salzburg i think okay that's austria but you know that's, still 10 yeah. in a row spain and i mean if it wasn't for diego simone and his fantastic work at atletico you said you started supporting Bayern in 2012 i mean you would not nearly see another champion in spain if it wasn't for Barcelona real you know um so i think yeah what happened in Bayern is i mean that's i mean because Bayern's business model have just been the best you know it's quite impressive what Hernes and Rummenigge was able to achieve at Bayern Munich. I think, if you can compare, you know, there's one team that they always said had the same amount of, like, economical prospect as Bayern Munich. They were, you know, the same old traditional club. And that was Hamburg, who is now third in the second division. Yeah. Uh, so,
0: It's amazing mismanagement. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's extreme. But like back in the 80s, they said Hamburg, you know, had all the opportunities that Munich have. They're both from rich cities. You know, everything was the same. But Bayern was just, they've just been managing their club in that incredibly sustainable and healthy way so far.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but like you did mention Atletico Madrid. And I just want to ask, like, where is the Diego Simeone of the Bundesliga? Where is the guy that could, upset the natural order of things because 10 years is a long time it is long enough for an a young player like if he makes his debut at 20 years old he's gonna have his entire career over by then so like that's such a long time that someone should have broken the Bayern dominance
1: right absolutely but that's why i also mentioned the managers in the beginning because Mm -hmm. it doesn't take a diego simona team to beat this Bayern team you know the Mm -hmm. the diego simona team was they they won the league when Bar- three years after Barca had you know their dominance. Um, yeah. So that that's why, I, for example, like Bruce Edorman firing Marco Rose. Why?
0: Well, they were pretty I, bad under Marco Rose, right?
1: They were they were not great, but you know they had an okay first season. Why replace him with Teresic? Who I I love Teresic and I love the way Bruce Dorman plays, but I you think do? Marco Rose is. Yeah, yeah, of course. I think it's so fun. It's so, so
0: fun. <laughs> it's fun in the sense that you never know what's going to happen, but it's not like... I'm, I I just compare it to... Like, when I started watching Bayern, what 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 was our main challenger? Like, it was Klopp's Dortmund, right? And comparing Klopp's Dortmund to Ed Intezic's Dortmund, I don't see the identity in Tezic's Dortmund. I don't see the quality. I don't see the standout, real standout players. Like Julian Brandt, he's having a good season, but is he... Is he comparable to someone like, for example, Robert Lewandowski on the club? No. And that's what makes me quite frustrating with this season and this specific buying team in general, because this is not a team that should be so close to us in the league. And it says bad things about the Bundesliga that they are actually second.
1: Yeah, I think yeah, I think you're right in a in a way. I mean, Klopp storben broke the norm by every measure, you know, like they were when Klopp took over Dortmund, they were quite a poor club. Uh, they didn't have much money, and they won the league with you know signings that did not cost them much money at all, including Lewandowski. And I think he was just like Klopp was the best manager Germany's ever produced in the 21st century. I think I'm gonna say that's maybe a very risky to say on a Bayern podcast.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but,
1: but, but I think like what Klopp did with Dortmund and now what he's doing here it was it was out of the north. Out of the norm, so to say. I mean, Liverpool picked him up and now he's doing great things in England.
0: Well, not this I season, think. but...
1: No, not this season, no. But I mean, he, he's never had a bad stint at a club.
0: And Yeah, it's, it's... that's fair. That's fair. It's just like, it's frustrating though, isn't it? Because at this point, I feel like even Bayern Munich fans are frustrated with Borussia Dortmund not putting up any challenge. Like even this season, even this yeah. season where we are just very close to losing the league we still feel a little bit we don't feel that kind of pressure that you would feel in a title defining season it's more like we just kind of really disappointed in our own performances rather than marveling at a really good Borussia Dortmund set and I think that's kind of sad I think it's just robbing us of the pleasure of a real title race it doesn't feel that kind of quality title race that you would want you know
1: yeah no I mean it's not like Guardiola's Bayern against Dortmund's Tuchel's type of title Yeah, or, or even
0: like or Klopp recently, Klopp yeah Klopp Heinkis yeah. or no, no, those no, no, kinds no. of things yeah it's not like that and that's kind of no. it's quite frustrating and how much blame do you have to put on Dortmund themselves because like they they are not so financially like this is what i keep mentioning that they are not as financially disadvantaged against Bayern Munich as for example Monaco or Lille versus PSG or Atletico Madrid versus Barcelona, or, or even Leicester yeah. City in the Premier League. Like ten <laughs> years is a long. Ten years is a long, long time to underperform. Yeah.
1: So ten years is a lot. Ten years is a long time, but we'll have a thousand years before we see anything like Leicester again. But I see your point.
0: <laughs> yeah, but the, that's kind of like the thing. Like if it can happen, then why doesn't Dortmund, which is a team that has so much more resources and is good at getting very good players to come to their team like so many of their players end up going to top clubs in europe and winning top titles and becoming top players why can't they themselves seem to grasp anything more than the occasional dfp Pokal?
1: yeah i think yeah again i will say the coach i think they need to have like a coach for more than a season uh and i don't necessarily think it's Teresic, even though i love him and i love to watch storm play because they're so fun to watch um, I think he just needs to be a coach that's actually had a managerial
0: position before. Maybe Nagelsmann.
1: Maybe oh yeah, oh that would be great. That would be so great. <laughs> I think that would actually be fantastic. And I then also like Bundesliga will get the world watching because Nagas won against Bayern again, and after all this, that'd be fantastic.
0: Yeah, that uh, would be well, fun. Maybe yeah. Yeah, but
1: also I would I would say and I've, and of course there's exceptions. But it's clear that Dortmund's uh, transfer strategy is not built for immediate success. I mean that they buy a lot of talents. Uh, some work out, uh, some don't, but actually most work out. You know, Bellingham being one of them, Haaland being, you know, Reyna. The list is endless. And I, I feel feel that because of that, it's okay for, to, for Dortmund to, not okay, but it's not immediate success that's you know prioritized. But where,
0: but where is the eventual success, right? Because it's been it's been ten years. This is the key mm-hmm. thing that I keep coming back to. Ten years is such a long time. A team's fortunes can turn on its head in ten years. Teams can get relegated and come back to the league, win the title, and then get relegated again inside ten years, right? So the process at Dortmund it seems to have failed, right? Because they could not challenge Bayern properly even once, like. That's just well, that's just maybe. the thing about me. This year maybe, but that's ten years. Twenty thirteen was so long ago, right? Yeah, like, no, that was true. I was I was I was still in middle school, and now I'm 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 almost a doctor now. So like, yeah. So it's like just imagine the, the amount of time that it's taken.
1: So yeah, it's just. I also, I mean, they also did some horrendous signings after. Yeah. 12- uh, you yeah. know, with um, immobile that was
0: so bad and immobile was really bad. Such Shirley, a bad oh my goodness. They Sh- Shirley, exactly Andre Shirley and so many more. In it's like whenever Dortmund, it seems that whenever they are go outside their comfort zone in terms of signings and try to sign someone that is more established, that is when they really start to falter. That is yeah. like yeah, yeah, yeah. as soon as they start to spend twenty, thirty million on a player, that is when you should really watch out because that's a flop alert.
1: Except for if that thirty million spent on a seventeen-year-old from Birmingham, uh, that yeah, turned out yeah, fantastic. That turned out pretty.
0: <laughs> that pretty. Yeah, as soon as they start spending on someone who isn't a football manager, or regen or something like that, I, 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 that's when they start. They they start to get it wrong yeah, this is, season. This, I'm gonna need, ask they you. They need to yeah. stick
1: to regions. They need to yeah, stick need to, to regions. I love that. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. And I'm. This is gonna. I'm gonna ask you this. Like based on what you've seen from Dortmund this season watching them this season, do you think that they can win the title from here? Like no 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 not can because they obviously can. Right. Do you think they will win the title from here?
1: No. I think Bayern <laughs> will get their um their S word together. Yeah. <laughs> I think they I think they will um I think they will they have also easier games. I will say this though, I need my no name and today got me a little bit like worried I would say.
0: Cause... Today, not Mainz or Hoffenheim, Yeah, no, of course, or... of course,
1: of course, of course, of <laughs> course, all that. But like but Mainz was after Man City and you know like Hoffenheim was during Man City. Um I think today they had, as you said, a week to prepare, yeah. prepare for this. And yeah. the first sixty minutes was so bad. And exactly like, and Leipzig is a good team. If Leipzig gets a draw uh, in Munich not, and you know not Dortmund recently wins. Well, no, not recently, but I think they have the quality. Leipzig you know? are
0: kinda Leipzig are kinda in the same boat as us. They're just underperforming performing really badly. Yeah,
1: yeah. But they're I mean, they are a better team than Mainz, right?
0: Yeah. That's, I mean, fair. Like, that's on fair. paper. On paper, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean okay, Bayern has Werder Bremen and Cologne and Schalke left. Yeah. So they should get it over the line. But if they do yeah, if they do maybe draw against Leipzig, let's say, then Dortmund wins the league, right? If they actually, win all the games. But will they me, win the all the do, games? Does, I don't think so.
0: Actually, is that does that how is that how it works out? Because let me just check. Uh, if we win the if we draw only one of our remaining games and Dortmund win out, how does that work out? Because then yeah, yeah, get Dortmund, plus, wins. yeah, yeah Dortmund, Dortmund, Dortmund wins. Dortmund wins by one point, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If it's it, it's only in the case of a like how there is no situation I think where we actually end up on tight points, right? No, no,
1: no. Uh yeah no there there might be if like there might if,
0: be like it, a weird combination of draws and losses and something exactly, like that exactly. yeah yeah exactly. but in that case the uh, our massive goal difference basically gives us half a yeah. point extra so yeah, that's also something maybe that we are underrating because as you might know goal difference might this might be the first season where goal difference ends up mattering yeah
1: Yeah. no look i dorman needs to win all all uh, of their, their four games, games. uh I necessarily don't think it's enough because I think Bayern will yeah win, I think they will win out yeah I think so. I think so I think they will win out but if they don't and they draw against Leipzig there's no way that Dortmund will win all the four games
0: Yeah <laughs> exactly that's the that's the thing you can bet on Dortmund not getting it done maybe you can't yes. bet on Bayern Munich this season but you can bet on Dortmund slipping up that is exactly. the thing about Borussia Dortmund and that has been the thing about them for years and years and years, and at this point, I c- I can't even explain it because it seems almost institutional, right? Because
1: yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's right,
0: it's right from the top.
1: Yeah, for sure, and I think the whole argument, and I do get it, that Bayern has bought the league, you know, Bayern, you know, the Bundesliga, is a Farmers League, and all that. I do get where it comes from, but this season, it's like you cannot blame Bayern for dominating this league. It's just so clear that like there's no challenger and that as you say that like even though you know leipzig makes a draw in munich there's i cannot see it they cannot get past bochum or stuttgart even exactly. like when they you know they've been playing they they don't have a champions league you know they have a week to prepare it yeah
0: yeah it's just it is quite pathetic for the best challenger that the bundesliga can produce is this Borussia Dortmund side and they needed Bayern Munich to score essentially several own goals for us to even make this a competition it's Mm -hmm. it's it's really it's really it it just makes you sad about the state of the league because in comparison the Premier League had so many good title races recently and still have one essentially right now not not that much of a good one because Man City seemed to be running away with it now. But the Premier League had those mammoth title races between Liverpool and Man City. And Serie A had a few back in the day that Juventus eventually won, but they did have a few. La Liga had mm-hmm. competitions between Barcelona, Madrid and Atletico. And bayern and the bundesliga this is what we get and this is just is one of those things that just reinforces the farmers league narrative against the bundesliga because for for what it's worth no one watches league one so no no one is even gonna bother to slander them so yeah
1: yeah it's a shame i mean it's especially a shame that it is in my opinion the best league in europe in terms of mine too
0: entertainment
1: in terms of entertainment in terms of the atmospheres on the, the atmosphere, stands, the, stands um, the
0: stadiums everything is so good about the bundesliga like it's just yeah. top tier and yeah. it's just this one thing that's really missing to make it that pinnacle of a league that you can be proud to show off to everyone yeah. else in europe it's just it's quite it's quite sad and i and guess look, yeah, yeah and if
1: we're if we're on um, bundesliga uh and but that's also a thing i think this season has just epitomized the last 10 years in bundesliga because there, there's been, it's going to be now two, at least, fallen giants. It's going to go to the second division. Uh, Berlin, definitely. And probably, maybe Schalke as well. Schalke again. again. Um, Hamburg is going to have to do the playoffs if they want to get promoted. A They're not like going to get promoted. Heidenheim
0: will, Heidenheim. will
1: likely go up. Heidenheim you know, is I, remember, I remember 50, I remember, 000.
0: Heidenheim. Okay, because we did play them. Antoniko Kovac. Yeah. And we almost lost remember because yeah, we yeah. got a, we got an early red card that was yeah, yes, that was mean. stressful that was very yeah. stressful in the pokal so that was quite yeah. stressful
1: heidenheim it's is 50,000 like, 50, 000, like yeah. population that's less than the allianz arena and yes. you have teams like freiburg you have teams like union berlin so the 50 plus 1 rule i mean there's teams that do exceptionally well it's just not you know for some reason the teams with a bit of extra money in their pockets but it is like it is completely uh doable to do you know great stuff in German football I just right now it's the Cinderella stories and yeah yeah, exactly
0: and a lot of it a lot of it down to the mismanagement at the top as we mentioned like maybe the Bundesliga it's not too late for the Bundesliga to get its act together like one good summer and we can see the Bundesliga really dominating next season because the, the good like in my opinion the foundations are all there right
1: absolutely and it's it's the hope that will kill you last i need your name yeah i know i mean (laughs) exactly
0: i mean if frankfurt can win the europa league anything is possible right
1: exactly exactly
0: yeah so i guess we're gonna end on that much more positive note than i was thinking we're gonna end on but yeah this was i need no name and marcus thank you for listening um thank you yeah and you can find us on twitter at bavarian fp works you can find us on Any podcasting platform that you use, Spotify, Apple, Google, whatever, um, that's pretty much it. So good night.